Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. Hi, everybody. Welcome in for an instant reaction as the Celtics cut the Miami Heat series lead to 3-2. Celtics took control. We figured they would. No Gabe Vincent. Tyler Hero could never play in this series. And the last couple of games, Miami has really felt like they were down a shooter or two. Both teams actually shot the ball very well tonight. According to Stan Van Gundy, he said at the end of the game, Boston was like, I don't know, 38 and two when they shot over 40% on threes this year, and they did again tonight. So they've quickened the pace since being down 3 0 in the series. They're moving it. That means they're getting better shots. There are excuses and there are reasons. I don't think Miami's talented enough to miss both Tyler Hero and Gabe Vincent and win on the road. I think they're going to go back home and win and shut out the series. And then Tyler Hero and Vincent will both be available for the Denver Nuggets. And I think it's a really good finals. I don't care what the ratings are. You know, I was I was thinking about this, is that <clears throat> I've probably bounced around the country just because of my job more than the average person. Some of you have lived one or two other places, but, uh, you know, as many of you know, I grew up in the Northwest and then I went to Vegas and then I went to Tampa. Then I went to back to the Northwest. Then I went to the East Coast, which I loved for 11 years. And then now, I'm in Los Angeles, so I don't have this burning loyalty or passion for individual teams. I, there are certain players I really liked, Tom Brady, LeBron. Obviously, I'm a fan of the Warriors, but I was a fan of the Patriots when I lived in the Northeast just because of the efficiency and the intelligence of the coaching and the players. I like smart sports. I I like Lincoln Riley. I think he's really smart. I like Jim Harbaugh. I think he's really smart. My wife grew up in Michigan. Why would I like the Wolverines? I just think Harbaugh wins everywhere. His teams get tough. They get efficient. They get smart. So I, I'm kind of, wherever I move, I watch sports for that region heavily. I can remember being in the Northeast and really getting into the Red Sox, uh, really getting into the Yankee series, and then loving to vacation in Rhode Island and Nantucket. I still miss it. I still miss the Northeast. I go there every summer. So I don't have this burning loyalty or passion for any one team, maybe outside of USC football, which I like poking people in the ribs. I don't even know if I like them as much as I say I do, but I like to irritate people sometimes. It's a personality flaw. But um, I do think they're, I root for interesting. I think Boston's a fascinating team if they lose. If they win, they're back to the finals. They could certainly beat Denver. I would take Denver, but it would be very close. I think Denver would have the better coach, a dominant, the best player in Jokic, and multiple scores. I think uh, Boston would be the better defensive team. I think uh, Denver uh, would be the more efficient offensive team with a, with an edge clearly in coaching. Plus, it's harder to win in Denver, certainly this year, if you look at the Celtics record, than it is to win in Boston. So I would take them in like six games, the Nuggets. But there are certain teams... And I think Boston's one of those when you get a franchise that has great history and high expectations like the Celtics and they have this group and they can't quite get the ring yet. Now, Tatum's only 25. You got to be patient. But, it, you know, this is a city that's had you know Bill Russell with 11 titles, uh, Bobby Orr and the Bruins. 
KG and the Celtics won a title, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Coach Doc Rivers. So there's a history here that when they're good, they win. And this team is one of those when they're really good, they didn't win last year, and they just feel like they don't quite deliver in big games often at home. So I think Miami goes and wins again. But I think I think the Celtics are a fascinating team. And and remember, both Jalen Brown and, and Tatum have qualified for the max. So they have to pay over $600 million to those two players now if they come back. That's going to absolutely limit what you can surround them with. You know, you're not going to be able to just go get a, a Brogdon and uh, you're, you're, you're going to be thin. I mean, that's the reality is once you pay multiple players, you don't have much of a bench. So, like, I think this is really a results-driven decision. If they can win a championship, you pay them the money. If they can't get to the final, I think you have to consider moving Jalen Brown because I think you can get a ton for him. One of the things I've learned through the years watching sports, and it never, every time you think a player is unmovable, John Wall, Westbrook, somebody always wants talent. Somebody always thinks they can solve a player's issue. Don't kid yourself. Jalen Brown has no issues. His hand's injured, so he's not shooting it particularly well. You could get you could get first round picks. You could get a starter and a bench player. You could get a ton for Jalen Brown. And this idea that you know when I throw out my Warriors idea, Wiggins, a draft pick, and Jordan Poole, whether it happens or not, if you can't get to the finals, this was the year to get to the finals. Embiid and Harden unraveled. Miami knocked them off for you. Miami was down. Tyler Hero, twenty point a game guy. Cavaliers were too young. Tibbs is a culture guy. He's too rigid. The Knicks are absolutely going to get somebody and be better next year. Like, this is the year to win it. The Bucs got bounced. They were too old. It was laid out for you. And by the way, Victor Oladipo comes back next year. Tyler Hero, if you played the Heat again, would be back next year. So this will be a better Miami team next year. So this is the year. If you can't get to the finals, get there. Got to take phone calls. So it's very results-based decision for the Celtics, which I think makes Game 6 in Miami absolutely fascinating. If Gabe Vincent plays, I take Miami close. Miami four or five points. First three went to the Heat. Next two go to the Celtics. Um, it's been a streaky series. I'd take Miami. All right, quick break. Two non-sports topics. I'm not going to see you guys for a week right after this. How great have the NBA playoffs been so far? If you live in one of those cities and wanted to go to the games, there is only one place to get tickets. The Game Time app. The fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last minute, amazing deals. They don't stop with the NBA. They do baseball, hockey, concerts, comedy shows too. Download the Game Time app and use the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. Get $20 off your first purchase. 20 bucks off first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app. Use the code Colin. C-O-L-I-N. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. The Game Time app. The fastest growing sports app in the United States. Use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. So two non-sports topics. So one of the things that's a big turnoff for me in the political media, and there's a handful of people I really respect and like, but if I know which way you're leaning, it's kind of a non-starter for me. I'm not really interested in partisan politics from reporters and pundits, and it's very, very hard to find those people. So when Elon Musk bought Twitter, the media, the conservative media all supported him. Left-leaning media didn't give him a chance. And my takeaway is I'm a pretty independent voter. I've voted for, you know, right and left. And I feel like sometimes I'm on a very small island with non-crazy people and everybody, 20% of conservatives are batshit crazy far right and 20% of liberals uh, are left of Hollywood. I just feel like there's this island and I'm on it of independents who socially lean left and maybe fiscally or moderates or lean right. Uh, I know there's a lot more people we think because they don't go on Twitter. Remember, 95 million Americans are on Twitter. The country has 335 million people. Most people are not on 65%, 70% of Americans are not engaged on social media giving you their opinion. So the independents and the moderates, they're mostly mostly not hanging out. So I, I felt with Elon Musk taking over Twitter, I just wanted to give him a fair shake. And I said it, I'm going to give him three, four months. I started the volume. It took me nine months to a year to hire a staff, management. We made a lot of mistakes. So you have a right when you buy a company for 40 some billion dollars to make mistakes. But I will say, I'm never going to leave Twitter. And if I do, I'm not going to announce it. I don't need the attention. If I'm going to leave it, I'm going to leave it. But my takeaway is it's gotten significantly worse. Too many fight videos, too much violence, too many small commercials. I'm constantly muting. I probably, I was never somebody who blocked a ton of people and mostly just mute people who are annoying or trolls. I have a lot of filters on mine, so I don't really see a lot, nor I don't run it all the time. I have people on my staff at The Volume or FS1 that kind of run all my social. I have, I think, seven, eight social accounts. I don't know the password to any of them. <laughs> Twitter's the only one I'm on, so I don't, I don't follow a lot and read a lot. But I do from time to time. I go and read articles, and I want to see the response of people to other people's articles. It's more nasty comments, way more violence too many commercials. And uh, for me, it's a massive turnoff. So instead of complaining about it, uh, I just I just don't go on it much. And, um, you know, Friday when my show's over, a lot of times I'll put that puppy down till Sunday. Maybe I'll have somebody on the staff tweet stuff. But uh, I try to be fair. I try to be reasonable. Uh, I think uh, Twitter's never been more corrosive. I think those images of constant violence, I think they're bad on your psyche. I, I think they're I think they're bad for all of us. Left, right, independent, man, woman, old, young. I think it's bad for all of us. So I gave Elon Musk a shot. It's not political. I couldn't give a rip. Um, it's just Twitter today is uglier than it's been, and I go on it less. 
Second opinion I had, there was a big writer's strike. And, you know, nobody outside of, you know, L.A. and Hollywood cares much about what Hollywood thinks. But I, I will tell you, I, I've known two or three people in my life who um, are actors, not many. And I've known a half dozen writers. And I always had... I, I always try to simplify, you know, complex negotiations. Maybe I'm not smart enough to figure out the complex stuff. But I always thought my wife and I will sit down and watch a streaming show. And she really gets into them. And she's got a really good eye for writing. And we will, if we start a Hulu show or a Netflix show or an Amazon Prime show or a Paramount show, whatever it is. I like Acorn, which is more British stuff. It feels more realistic. People don't look like Ryan Gosling. You know, or, or Tom Cruise. It, it doesn't matter who the actors are. If the writing is poor, we'll turn it off. We'll give it about 10 minutes. If the writing stinks, I mean, if the writing's bad early, if you can't sell me in the first 10 minutes, then what's the middle of it going to sound like? And so I bet you I've watched a dozen streaming shows, Acorn, Hulu. I don't know any of the actors. Now, I don't, I don't buy People magazine. I'm not into that stuff. But I don't know any of the actors. And I'm completely, utterly captivated because the writing's great. There's a reason even great actors, Robert De Niro, Kevin Costner, Denzel Washington, Hanks, Michael Keaton, there's a reason they've been in bad movies. They didn't become worse actors. The writing sucked. And one of the things I was told very early in this business that musicians get taken for a ride because the suits, you know, the corporate heads always looked at musicians as really vulnerable and not really paying attention to the bottom line before it was too late. And second in that was, you know, in Hollywood, a lot of times, you know, they put their thumb on the people. I mean, if you didn't have a union for writers, you think they'd pay them? So I've always fallen on the writers just watching television. A very simplistic solution is good writers equal good series. Doesn't matter how good the acting is. Now, I'm not saying I always feel like with actors are a little bit like play by play announcers. I've never watched as good as Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are as good as Jim Nance is now Michaels. I've never watched a game because of them, but they do have an ability to elevate my experience of the game. Now, in an opinion show or a talk show, I will watch Bill Maher's show only if Bill Maher is on. And that's why he makes more. I will only listen to a podcast if the star podcaster is on. Play-by-play -play guys, I'm going to watch the game. A bad guy can erode the quality of the experience. I feel the same way with actors. I'm not saying that Tom Hanks doesn't make a movie better. Don Cheadle, Ed Norton. Meryl Streep. I'm not saying they don't make a movie better, but if the writing's good, I really don't care about the actors. I really don't. For all the technology and all the advancements in society, very few things are more entertaining to me and make me happier than a great movie or a great streaming show and a great sporting event on TV. Maybe I'm old school. I love sit in front of a TV and watch a great movie, a great streaming show, or a great game. And um, who creates great sports? The athletes. 
but they need coaches. Who creates the great streaming shows? The actors. And they need great writers. So as I drive around, I'm one of those nerds who occasionally honks to show support for the writers. It's very liberal of me. <laughs> I'm going on a vacation with my son, talking a week. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.